think the number one reason why people aren't able to like launch their thing or have a successful side hustle or really even scale their business the way that they need to is because they really struggle to know what is my niche. And people think that niche is their industry. Well, like I'm in fitness, that's my niche. No, 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 that's an industry. Even if you were to say, I'm a personal trainer, well, that's a subcategory of an industry. But your niche is something very specific. It is specifically what you do within that category, within that industry, that is unique and nuanced to you. And people are so afraid to do this because they think if I niche down too much, well, then aren't I going to exclude certain customers? I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, you need to niche down. And if you know that too, but you've struggled with it, I want to invite you to do a workshop style training that myself and Brock have created that literally walks you through the questions you need to ask yourself. And we give you enough time to answer those questions so you can fully understand, like really drill it down and get really clear about your niche, who it is you serve, how it is you're different, what makes you unique. This is what's going to take your business, your side hustle, whatever it is to the next level. This workshop is free and it shouldn't be because it's one of the most valuable things that you can walk through. It's one of the most valuable things you can identify. You can attend this training for free right now by going to instaclubhub.com forward slash niche, N-I-C-H-E. Again, that's instaclubhub.com forward slash niche and do yourself a favor. Make sure you have a pen and a piece of paper and no distractions because this is a next level training. Again, instaclubhub.com forward slash niche. I have videos that are 10 years old that are earning me passive income when I'm hanging out with my six-month-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old and my wife, and we're on vacation, and these videos are still working for me when I'm not working. YouTube is the only platform where your content truly lives forever if you optimize it properly. Shorts have the real potential to get massive top-line traffic. It is easy to get a million views on shorts. Mm. So one of the cool things about vertical video in general is I think mm. it helps you become a better communicator. YouTube, which we all, I think, in the social media space recognize YouTube as that stood the test of time. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Super fired up to be with you again, Brock. How's it going? Good, really good. I'm excited to have you here and I'm excited to deep dive into YouTube shorts which I think a lot of our audience, just from asking them on my own Instagram, they're very new to it. They have like a vague idea of it's kind of like YouTube's version of TikTok, but they don't know much about it. But I got to tell you a story before we get started. My wife and I, when we were on our honeymoon, we were in Fiji and we went and toured one of their local villages. They had just gotten power like within the last five years. They hardly had internet access. It was like a very remote village, like on one of these islands. And yet we're walking around and I saw one of the little kids had like a little tiny smartphone and I looked at what they were watching and they were watching YouTube shorts. So this is a village of like 500 people, barely has internet, just got power like within the last decade and they were watching YouTube shorts. And so my question is, was that an anomaly? Did I just like happen to stumble upon, you know, the leprechaun who happened to be watching YouTube shorts or is it a lot more widespread than people who are just buried in the Instagram bubble might think? Yeah, I don't think it's an anomaly. The most recent data is mm -hmm. that 50 billion daily shorts views are happening at the time of recording this podcast. That was 20 billion up from the last numbers and 1.5 billion monthly active users using shorts. Wow. YouTube's at 2.6 billion. So that mm -hmm. just means how many 
YouTube users have bought into the Shorts platform. Mm -hmm. So YouTube Shorts isolated, cut away from YouTube, is bigger than Twitter, bigger than LinkedIn, on par with Instagram, mm -hmm. and coming for TikTok. And those, as far as vertical video, Instagram, TikTok, and Shorts, it's a major player. And that's mm -hmm. no surprise, because owned by Alphabet, who owns Google and YouTube, they're gunning for mm -hmm. TikTok and Reels, and people are trying to take that short form kind of market share. But the exciting thing for everybody listening is that if you're committed to creating vertical video in general, mm -hmm. then you could repurpose a lot of what you have and lean into YouTube Shorts without necessarily having to reinvent everything you're doing mm -hmm. or just add another thing to the to-do list. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to talk about that a little bit then, because I know a lot of people are unhappy with Instagram recently. People are worried that TikTok might get banned. So when it comes to repurposing, what would be your recommendation? Is just what's your thoughts generally around taking existing TikToks and Reels and just posting them on YouTube Shorts? Yeah, so the easiest, lowest hanging fruit is to use these websites that you recommend to download your Reels and your TikToks free from the watermark mm -hmm. and upload them. The challenge there is that the music's embedded and you mm -hmm. may have used some type of an audio that will trigger a song that's popular. And so that's not a huge deal. I would prefer people take the content they already have off of Instagram Reels or TikTok mm -hmm. and upload relevant, maybe not every episode or whatever, and every reel, mm -hmm. but the relevant reels answering this question. On YouTube, who is your target audience and what problem do you solve? And chances are it's going to be the same. It's just another place of where people can consume and connect with you. And it's a different audience. I think mm -hmm. that's the mindset that people need to lean in. Like you can reach new people, different people, and you don't have a lot to lose when you've already created all of that content. The added layer of best practice would be if you could create your vertical videos without the music embedded, mm -hmm. if they're on your phone. I know that in the TikTok workflow now, they'll let you finally download things mm -hmm. pre-watermark and potentially, again, pre-popular music. At Think Media, our brand, I like to have vertical videos either created in CapCut or separately or on my phone, and I like to have a version without music. And then I natively upload it to YouTube Shorts, select a popular song, to TikTok, select a popular song, mm. to Instagram, select a popular song. And if it's teaching or talking and there's no music embedded, then that would be best practice. Okay. And so that's kind of an added layer of it. And then the third one, which we could explore in depth, is also for a lot of my friends and peers and our students that have just repurposed things, they've gotten okay results. But of course, your best results come when you really actually create content native for the platform, just meaning you're really thinking about the mindset and psychology of the person you're trying to reach mm -hmm. and potentially build out a YouTube short directly on the platform itself. Gotcha. How would you say the psychology of a YouTube shorts watcher might differ from someone watching TikTok or Instagram Reels, or does it differ? Is it the same? I think that YouTube shorts in our demographics, for those that are consuming ours, we mm -hmm. already see it goes younger. Mm -hmm. That's probably no surprise, but okay. it definitely, you know, I'm coming up on my 40th birthday. I might, once I grew the beard, people thought maybe I look a little bit older, but a lot of times maybe I, people thought I was in my early 30s. So our span of our audience is kind of like 35 to 45 is that biggest core. Mm -hmm. 
what's funny is just consuming shorts, which is also some other content creators and some younger content creators. But nevertheless, it's more like 20 to 30. It's like okay. 18 to 30. And we can immediately see that as we mm. go down and, and same content, but you know, on Think Media, our YouTube channel, but it does age down a little bit more. I think the psychology would be somewhat similar to TikTok. Mm-hmm. One of the best things listening to this that listeners could do is grab their phone, make sure you have the YouTube app, update your YouTube app, and then notice that at the bottom where you have the chance to upload or go to the homepage, one of your options is shorts, the shorts mm-hmm. feed, mm-hmm. and then start swiping through them. And you're going to start to experience that YouTube shorts experience. And I would say it's more like TikTok than it is like Instagram. Hmm. So TikTok, again, seems to skew a little younger. Maybe the humor editing, green screen, or irreverence is kind of that TikTok mentality. Mm -hmm. Reels kind of has that, but Reels seems to be, as we probably the majority of this audience is familiar Mm -hmm. with Reels. I think Reels hits all ages in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It hits different passions, as do the other platforms. But TikTok and YouTube Shorts, I think, again, while are being consumed by all ages, baby Mm -hmm. boomers across the board, it's heavier. Those are going to lean a little bit younger. And then the other psychology is... What do people go to YouTube for, though? And 65% of people go to YouTube wanting to solve a problem. And people do want to learn things on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It still does have search functionality. That's one thing. TikTok is leaning more into search. They extended the description amount of text you could Mm do. Gen Z is using TikTok for search more than they're using Google. So all that's kind of wild. But what's also fascinating about YouTube Shorts is the Shorts feed is where you're going to go viral, which is the same idea of the TikTok feed or the Instagram feed, like it's mm-hmm. being sent and, and you see, new people are seeing it. But it's surprising how much search inquiries are being fulfilled by shorts, especially mm-hmm. when you can share information in less than a minute. It's yeah. the best way to share it. And so recently, a friend was building a video editing PC or a gaming PC, and every part they were looking up, they were getting shorts as the ranked answers. Wow. And Gary Vee mentioned, talking about wine, that if you were reviewing one wine bottle or one particular vintage or something that very specific, less than 60 second search terms could be turned into YouTube shorts. I think that YouTube has the furthest head start in regards to that, even over TikTok with the search functionality of Google and whatnot. So those are some of the things that are a little bit different about YouTube shorts. Gotcha. That makes sense. Are there trends on YouTube shorts? Because I think that very commonly, there are trends that kind of blow up on TikTok. Oftentimes, they migrate to Instagram. I think there are some trends that originate on Instagram, but primarily on TikTok. Are there trends that are originating on YouTube Shorts that creators can then kind of piggyback off of? Or is it primarily that you're seeing trends migrating from other platforms? Yeah, I think that culture is a little bit less. I want to say the music options are also a, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not seeing clips of movie audios on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You use a lot of mm-hmm. voice and you lip sync. You're definitely seeing the music, of course. And so potentially trending audio, which may cross platform mm-hmm. the auditory subconscious response of like, oh, that's kind of that moody, dramatic. I've got something David Goggins, <laughs> you know, yeah. like real focus, personal development and a song and a beats playing underneath it. And so there is the music for sure. But what's fascinating is the music library is definitely different and the licensing of the music. There's mm-hmm. also some songs over there are limited to 15 seconds. Mm. They were all limited to 15 seconds for a while, which was a 
obviously a huge yeah, problem I can imagine. if you're <laughs> if you're created short was longer than 50 because the music would just stop so mm-hmm. it like would start off with this vibe it just cut out you're like was that intentional and so it speaks to it evolving but to your point it's not the same trends culture while I would say one of the biggest things on YouTube is trends, especially as you lean more into entertainment. You could throw back to the planking days or the Harlem Shake days. So maybe it's trends of certain things people are trying, gotcha. certain content format that is happening. YouTube is a major trends place in that regard. Gotcha. You talked about SEO and people using Google to search and TikTok to search. And I know you are an expert when it comes to video rankings. Can you talk to me more about how do we get our shorts to show up first when people are searching for different terms? Is it the hashtags? Is it just the straight up caption that you're adding to your short? What is that all planned? Yeah. The heaviest influence for showing up in search with a short is going to be a strong title. Mm. And Titles, there's some interesting tweaks that people can make to their titles. In some cases, a very short title and even emojis Mm -hmm. could be very effective in YouTube shorts. What's more important is the content itself. And in some cases, if it's being suggested in the shorts feed, it's just showing up, right? Mm -hmm. The title's less influential in that case. And it's the hook of the video, maybe text in the video itself. And then what's the average view duration? Is there Mm -hmm. completion to the video? And then it might go viral and be spread. The search-based functionality, though, is less of a viral functionality, but Mm -hmm. it could be a quick way to dominate long-tail keyword phrases. Mm. So in that case, if you were titling your YouTube shorts, you may be using more characters just simply so that you can communicate with the algorithm and anybody who is literally searching by text as an answer to a specific question. So if you were like a loan officer, you were in real estate, you just make sure that you compare two loan products like FHA loan versus 30-year fixed versus to one buy down or something. (laughs) And you compare those three Mm -hmm. in 60 seconds. And as people are looking for that information, as Shalene Johnson always says, be brief, be bright, be fun and be done. So if you communicated all that in 60 seconds or less, then that video could be like a good lead gen video or just a great video that continues to be found. So search base wouldn't even be kind of my primary strategy, but it's always like understanding the tools in your tool belt and thinking, okay, like this particular thing could really have a long tail value to it. And you mentioned Video Ranking Academy, our program. What is amazing about YouTube is content you create today can continue to be viewed for six months, a year, Mm -hmm. two years. I have 10-year-old videos that are not only still getting views, but are connected to passive income streams. So the amount of leverage, I don't know if, I wanna say that again for the listener. I have videos that are 10 years old that are earning me passive income when I'm hanging out with my six-month-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old and my wife and we're on vacation, and these videos are still working for me when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Zero other social media platforms offer you that opportunity. YouTube is the only platform where your content truly lives forever if you optimize it properly. So not every video, sometimes you jump on trends, to your point, you jump mm-hmm. on news, you jump on a headline, you jump on a fad, you speak to a current event. Those are not the types of videos that will get views usually 10 years later, which mm-hmm. is fine, because that's, that's one tool in your tool belt. But this search-based content that is potentially evergreen, Mm -hmm. meaning, I mean, I grew up in Seattle, you lived in Seattle for a while, evergreen trees, they were green all year long. And Seattle has a lot of rain, snow, Mm -hmm. summer, sun, 
And so evergreen videos on YouTube, topics that are continually relevant, an answer to a specific question of viewers asking that's at least relevant for multiple years, mm-hmm. you get some of those videos ranked. Now your business is growing on autopilot. You're getting your time back, your sanity back, peace back, mm-hmm. and able to either take time off or work on something else you've wanted to work on. And you've got YouTube generating traffic for you 24 seven for free on autopilot. Gotcha. You know, I was just going through it with my wife and that's still so fun to say, my wife. We've only been married for a few months. That's still so fun to say, but we added it up and we now have reached double digits. We have 10 side hustles in our family. Between the two of us, we have 10 different digital side hustles, easy ways to make money online. A lot of them are passive income. A lot of them, they make money while we sleep, whether or not we're actively working. And that is so awesome, especially for our lifestyle on the road, always traveling. Having these different side hustles allows us so much flexibility in terms of our income. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Hostinger because they have everything you need to thrive online. Launch a website or online shop in minutes without technical or design skills for only $2.99 per month, including a free domain name. And it is so ridiculously easy to use. They have over 150 beautiful and fully customizable WordPress website templates. So you can just drag and click and be ready to launch your website. It is so, so easy. It's never been easier to start a side hustle online than right now. All you have to do is go to hostinger.com forward slash tribe to get everything you need to create your website for less than $3 per month, plus 10% off with the promo code tribe. Again, the website is hostinger, which is H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com forward slash T-R-I-B-E tribe. And the promo code tribe will get you an extra 10% off at checkout. Link and promo code are both in this episode's description either take time off or work on something else you've wanted to work on and you've got YouTube generating traffic for you 24 seven for free on autopilot. Gotcha. Should YouTube shorts be used in your opinion, primarily to direct people to subscribe to the channel and to watch the more long form videos that, you know, like the traditional YouTube videos, or do you think go gung ho with the just YouTube shorts and don't even worry about the other videos and just keep pumping out these vertical videos. If those are my options, I'd pick number two. Okay. I think that the mistake people make is sometimes they think shorts are a commercial for their long form Mm. videos. Not true, not very effective. That they could be even a clip of your long form video and then they might go watch the long form video. That is true, Mm -hmm. but I would still make the presupposition that it just needs to stand on its own. Okay. And that the connection of the short to the long form, such a small percentage of that, that will probably make that bridge. Okay. Because when you're in the mindset of shorts too, you're kind of in that feed mindset. You're swiping, you're swiping. And it's going to take a lot of motivation and inspiration for the viewer to go, I'm going to stop this steady stream of dopamine hits Mm -hmm. to my brain to go now, like if it's one of the great things in YouTube shorts is clips from a video podcast like this. Mm And if somebody gets, they love it, they get some juicy nuggets from it, whatever, that's great, but they still probably are going to move on. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe 1%, maybe 5 maybe 10 but that's still such a small number, is like, oh, wow, I didn't know Brock and Sean sat down. I'm going to go seek out that longer form video. Best practice in that case is you can do a pinned comment. Mm. There's definitely different functionality in shorts than other platforms. That's a clickable link okay. on both mobile and desktop. 
as well as description. Description is very hard to get to on shorts. It's a few clicks away, but the pinned comment is a great place to put a clickable link. And so absolutely, if you had a clip vertical video from a video podcast, Mm -hmm. you could link to the full episode and maybe you get one, two, three percent of the traffic. Again, that's not much. So to that end, the other thing is that YouTube is speaking to Todd Bupree, who's the product manager of YouTube, said that shorts and long form were not talking. That was the first problem. They're like the Mm -hmm. algorithm. And it's kind of funny because with utmost respect for these incredibly intelligent tech geeks, Uh and they were kind of like, and we don't know why. They're like, (laughs) do do you build this thing? But they're like, but what we're doing is we're trying to get the algorithm, because they do talk about the algorithm even being like a black box. Mm -hmm. It's like programmatic data on the outside, but it's its own intelligence on the inside. So they're trying to like code into it. And Mm -hmm. it's like a living organism or something that they're trying to influence. So they said, we're starting to build the channels of communication to include some of these things. One, that short form leads to long form, like directly, like there's some whole correlation there. But the bigger thing is that the consumption of a particular viewer, so they find you in shorts, Mm -hmm. they vote with their time is the biggest way they're going to vote. Makes sense. It stops the scroll. They complete the video. So the algorithm goes, oh man, they like Brock's stuff. Let's suggest them another video. Mm -hmm they complete that as well. Maybe they do a couple and you also have long form videos on your channel. So then maybe you sit down later in front of your computer, logged into the same YouTube account and some of your logged form videos start showing up on their homepage or even all the way to your smart TV or logged in mm-hmm. and different content formats are showing up at different places. That is a evolving process that in describing it here, mm-hmm. I'd still default back to your number two. In a way, don't even worry about it too much. Mm. Try to create great shorts that stand on their own to get you reach, viewers, awareness. And one of the coolest things that we could even go into how YouTube Shorts, YouTube pays the best out of any platforms and YouTube Shorts pays the worst. It's still very low in terms Mm. of how much it's paying. I know that Reels recently pulled away that their bonus. YouTube long form is insane how much it can pay. Mm -hmm. Comparatively, YouTube Shorts is terrible, but you could get a lot of views quick. You mm-hmm. can get a lot of subscribers quick. You can get a lot of awareness. If you're just starting from scratch right now, listening to this, you're growing. YouTube Shorts is a great way to just start getting awareness. And that's your opportunity with that. Creating great shorts that stand on their own to just get a chance to meet someone. It's kind of like speed dating mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like before someone even wants to sit down and listen to an hour long conversation. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if I even want to go on an hour long date with you. Let's just speed date. And they are like, okay, man, I've had some good experiences. Like let's take this to the next level and I'll go sit down to a proper meal and they maybe go to your long form content on your YouTube channel. Gotcha. Are there any specific strategies that you would recommend for converting this person who's on the speed date to just become a subscriber? Maybe not to go all the way to watching, you know, the correlated long form video, but just what kinds of shorts are actually getting people to press the subscribe versus maybe just watch, engage, and then keep scrolling? One is the more views you get is the more subscribers you'll get. And Mm -hmm. that may seem obvious, but I think understanding that The biggest strategy is making a great short, so something that gets someone to stop scrolling and watch as much as possible to the end. So how do you do that? Well, a couple good openers are number one, open with you. Like literally the first word is you, because you're Mm. talking to the viewer, like you're kind of like saying, you won't believe this. Mm. Get Munch just (laughs) dropped a new update to their AI tool for converting your long form videos into short form videos. Let me show Mm. you how it Mm. works. So talking straight, you won't believe this. 
another one is this guy. Like, and a lot of people are doing storytelling. Some entrepreneurs are doing storytelling of businesses. This guy started a clothing business when he was 20 years old and turned it into a $10 million a year empire. Mm -hmm. And then it starts breaking it down. So calling out to the viewer, trimming the fluff, the worst thing you can do on shorts is the old school thinking of like telling people kind of what you're about to tell them. Mm. A lot of what you should just get into it. Gotcha. Watch this. You won't believe this. Like mm -hmm. it's a real grab attention immediately. And then definitely trimming the fluff and adding real value. So I think actually the biggest thing is to be a little bit intangible. It's not the right hook or the right title or any of those things. Those are all good tactics, but the ultimate strategy is you're just trying to create essentially a brand experience with the viewer. Mm. The best way to convert a subscriber is like, I kind of like this person. Yeah. This person, this was really actually valuable. This was surprising. Wow, I didn't know that. Like, I learned something. And then also, you know, people will forget what you say, but they'll always remember how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. So just even taking a breath when you're creating content to smile, be yourself, and I'm sure you are like me and everybody listening to this. There's certain people who like, I kind of like their vibe. Mm -hmm. And some of that is also not stressing out because what if people don't like me? Well, yeah, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. But you being you and just being your authentic self and sharing your energy and sharing your joy or sharing your humor or sharing your stoicism and sharing your matter of factness, mm -hmm. sharing how quickly you get to the point, or if you are a little more ADD and kind of flighty, great. Mm -hmm. And the punchline is then if you've architected a good short that's truly valuable, it stops the scroll and somebody watches it to the end. We just had a short go to 1.1 million views. Wow. And I think that's led to hundreds of subscribers. Okay. So shorts have the real potential to get massive top line traffic. The long tail of shorts in terms of how we would measure social media success, it's gonna be less clicks to the pin comment. It's gonna be less subscribers probably than if somebody spent time with you on a long form video, but YouTube is being more generous and competitive algorithmically, especially with these other platforms. So I think that's okay. Like said in air quotes here, it is easy to get a million views on shorts. Mm -hmm. It's a harder to get a million views with a longer form video on YouTube. So those, hundreds or a couple thousand subscribers that come from a million views is easier. You mm -hmm. know, of course, it's still an art form and skills to learn when it comes to shorts, which is a great thing. I mean, easier, especially in the sense it has to be 60 seconds or less. It's vertical. By the yeah. way, your phone is probably the best content creation tool. Okay. Overproduced shorts do not perform as well. Seems to be true across platform Makes than sense. using your smartphone, be more raw, be more organic, mm -hmm. and even making it look more native. Like everybody who's doing green screens over news articles, perfectly cut out green screen does not seem to be what's necessary at yeah. all. There's this doctor who's crushing YouTube shorts, whose his face is all distorted <laughs> in the green screen uh -huh. and his eyes are disappearing and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. he's reacting to kind of like botched surgeries mm -hmm. and like breast augmentation and like pus things coming out of places <laughs> or it was incrustation on breast implants. That's a video I'm skipping. 100%. Yeah, that it, it showed him. He's like, it turned into like clamshells or something like it's that. Disgusting. Crazy. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> and so I'm, I was watching this short. And again, it was the production value was in, 
incredibly low, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what's expected for kind of that content format, kind of stops the scroll, very organic, like a friend quickly reacted to something and is sending you the video. And so that's a massive opportunity for everybody listening totally. to this. You just have a smartphone, you can lean in this new content format and YouTube is being generous with views and creativity works best in constraints. Sometimes it's overwhelming to think, oh, I have so much to say in a long form video. And now I'm going down a lot of rabbit trails. Okay, is this gonna be a 45 minute video? Mm-hmm. It has to be 60 seconds or less. And kind of like the shorter, more concise, the better. So one of the cool things about vertical video in general is I think mm-hmm. it helps you become a better communicator. Mm-hmm. It just forces you to be more concise with your thoughts, your ideas yeah. and all of the above. That makes sense. I, a few months ago at a conference said that TikTok was great for reaching a really wide audience. Instagram was great for converting that audience to customers. And I said, YouTube shorts is like the wild west. Do you think that's still true? Do you think that's changed recently? Or would you say it's still pretty wild over on YouTube shorts? Yeah, it's totally the wild west. I think you can make an educated guess that betting on YouTube shorts is a good bet. Yeah. Even in the gaming niche right now, Twitch is going through some struggles lots of gamers are going to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Obviously TikTok at this point, and who knows where this will be, is going through some court cases and Mm -hmm. and the CEO is being interviewed. And so who knows? Whereas YouTube and Google have such a stable place in the market, in the mindshare, YouTube, the brand, now has Sunday Ticket that's coming to it for football and on YouTube TV. And stats came out that people are watching more YouTube in the living rooms of American families than Hulu or Netflix. Wow. So YouTube, people that are watching YouTube TV or YouTube content in general on their Mm -hmm. smart TV, what's wild is YouTube shorts are being integrated into- I was gonna ask, are shorts showing up on TV? Absolutely. Wow. And maybe people listening to this are less of YouTube consumers, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of wild is like my- Daily routine is as I'll, you know, head downstairs and maybe take my two and a half year old on a walk and then I'll kind of sit down on the couch and I open YouTube and YouTube is, is my media. And of course we'll maybe watch shows and hit up some Ted Lasso or hit up some Seidfeld Uh on Netflix right now. But YouTube is the place we go first. And what's wild is that could be long form video podcasts, news shows I watch, all kinds of different stuff. But YouTube shorts is being recommended and it might sound, at first, it might seem like a jarring experience, but like vertical content on a smart TV is it's like normal. And it's mm. kind of this idea of even airplay, like we're used to watching stuff on our phone, but if you Google cast it or airplay it to your TV to, to laugh together with content. One of the most popular formats on YouTube too is TikTok compilations. Mm, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people, like funny short form content combined in a long form, co- usually people using fair use OPC, other people's content. There's huge channels that people have grown just by making compilations of popular TikToks and whatnot. So anyways, betting on YouTube is a good bet. It is a dominant force. And so it's still the Wild West, but you got to know their developers are being aggressive right now. In the tech wars and the platform wars, I don't think no one's trying to be like, oh, TikTok already has market share. We're not going to try to push in on that. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's not just sitting past reels are blowing up right now facebook reels Mm -hmm. this vertical video platform war that's happening between facebook reels tiktok instagram reels which that's meta total right and Mm -hmm. you've got pinterest vertical video and youtube shorts linkedin thinking about stories or vertical video like you got to know that all these companies are going to be very aggressive and youtube's going to be a force to reckon with in terms of market share mind share and so 
that said, it would be irresponsible for anybody that's serious about getting their message out, building their brand, building their business to ignore YouTube shorts. You at least got to repurpose. But I would also say the opportunity is you would still be an early adopter getting into YouTube shorts right now. Because if you get into it mm-hmm. in the Wild West days, that's kind of like the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman on like the Louisiana land rush or whatever. <laughs> you know, you're getting it into yeah. the days where it's like, and you're riding a horse to go stake your claim yeah. on real estate. I can't even imagine. Imagine if we could go to Newport Beach right now mm-hmm. and just whoever got there first just yeah. got some beachfront property. That's kind of what YouTube Shorts is right now. If you lean in, learn the skill set, learn the mm-hmm. mindset, get your digital real estate by putting in the work, putting in the hustle. I love that you said it's. it would be irresponsible to ignore YouTube Shorts. Because like you said, it's YouTube, which we all, I think, in the social media space recognize YouTube as the tried and true, like the one that stood the test of time and that has somewhat maintained while all these other social medias have kind of come and gone. I mean, now we have this new way to kind of establish ourselves on YouTube. So that's powerful. Two quick strategy questions I have for you. One, I understand, you know, we all have different levels of what consistency means for us, what we can sustain. How many is too many with YouTube shorts? And then kind of a a follow-up or tangential question is on Instagram, it's true that the more you post, the more you grow. So is that also true with YouTube shorts? Yeah. So answering those in reverse. Yeah. The more you post, the more you grow. It is absolutely true with YouTube shorts. And it's true because of the compound effect almost probably with any platform, there's like the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. Like 20% of your vertical videos, your reels that you upload, probably get 80% of your views. Those Mm -hmm. are your breakout videos. And then the other 80% do okay. And if you could learn from your winners and always adapt your strategy, then great. But it's also just kind of a math game. Like the more at-bats you have, the more breakout videos you have. But the other thing that happens is the more great videos you have, the more the algorithm will probably follow up recommending another great video that you have. So Mm -hmm. if you only upload one short a month, there's only 12 even out there and maybe only one does decent and there's not a lot else to recommend. Mm -hmm. But you do see a compound effect by having a greater library of vertical videos because again, once a viewer gets into you and votes with their time, their consumption of the video itself, then chances are the algorithm keeps following up and therefore you could get one, two, three, four, five, six shorts views. And if a video's really getting thousands of views an hour, Mm -hmm. kind of going viral, we've had this happen multiple times, millions of views on a short, then the flywheel effect, the compound effect could be very significant. In terms of how much to post, there are some shorts only channels. It's probably something to note is that if you go to tubefilter.com, they study the top 50 channels on YouTube by views Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Okay. Last time I checked, 40 of the 50 channels were YouTube Shorts channels. Only YouTube Shorts? Correct. And 40 all the, of the top 50? Yes. So 80% of the top 50 channels were Co- only correct. posting YouTube Shorts. And it was between, over the last couple of weeks, it was between wow. 30 and 40 of those channels. Wow. And which will also tell you just macro how much YouTube Shorts yeah. is crushing it in terms of views. Now, caveat... Those are a lot of kind of entertainment channels. I'm now, I've got the YouTube Kids app. I'm hanging out with my son, Sean Bradley, watching what he (laughs) watches. He knows how to swipe on a phone at two and a half and he can look at all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe fast hitting content. It's a lot of entertainment based channels, younger leaning channels, even kind of children's leaning channels. And it is a big signal that we should look at as business owners. But I would Mm -hmm. argue that that doesn't mean 40 of the top 50 highest earning businesses because views can be tricky. Yep. In fact, that's the danger in shorts is 
it's not just a dopamine hit. It's like 100x dopamine. You're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm blowing up. Well, are you? Quality of the views. Mm -hmm. I'm not against them, but what mm -hmm. is the quality of the viewership? It's a less, it's less depth. Even if someone's like, yeah, they were cool, but they still move on as yeah. opposed to a real substantial conversation or someone who wants to go deep, take action to your point, to your point, like compare it to TikTok. Our link in bio clicks on TikTok are mm -hmm. horrible, even mm -hmm. though we can blow up over there. Yeah. On Instagram, they're insane in the level of conversations in the DM and to your point of customers. So that's just the quality. So that was a lot to say, just to say 40 out of 50, nevertheless, pay attention to it, our YouTube shorts. And some of my friends who've gone hardcore on YouTube shorts mm -hmm. go three a day, three, three or a day. four a day. Okay. And they lean in and that's like all they do. Some of the things they do strategically too is they'll even post the same shorts, but change the hook. Wow. So, so they'll it's essentially the same content, same content okay. and give a different hook, a different try and upload those. I love it. I upload one, they get it done at 9 a.m. and then rework it a little and upload it around noon and then get one posted at one or two. Mm -hmm. And at some point, YouTube stops pushing notifications and you can trust them if you upload a long form video, like we'll upload a long form video and a short in the same day. Mm -hmm. We'll upload a long form video, maybe a short and go live that same day. I avoid that. Right now, if we don't upload a long form video, we'll upload a short. And so these are great questions, but I also am aware that a lot of times they can paralyze people. What's the best time to post? <laughs> How many should I post? Mm -hmm. I'm like, just post. Yeah. Like it, well, the best thing, because sometimes when asking those questions, we just debate in our mind as opposed to like, get your phone, update your YouTube app, open up YouTube shorts and create something and post it. And if you're inspired and you've got the time, then post another one in the same day, especially in relation to the chance to react to trending events or when you get inspired on an idea or mm -hmm. you just happen to be in your kitchen making your smoothie and you're like, oh, this is a cool little story I could tell. Yeah. And then after your smoothie, you're about to, you know, your frozen liver that you cut into cubes <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool story to tell too. So you make your liver video and your smoothie video. Like yeah. we're off to the races. <laughs> So yeah, uh, up to four, but like right now we, we will do as many as 31 a month, basically one a day is what okay. we're after. And that's because we also have a vertical video production for our, us as an education brand. These are predominantly clips from video podcasts like this, either me going on other podcasts and I set a vertical video camera off to the side, okay. capture my audio and maybe blend it with the original thing or just my answers to the questions become mm -hmm. clips. So that's what that happens to be. And one of the biggest things I am doing is those green screen reaction to news articles. Recently, there's this big lawsuit against finance influencers that promoted FTX, mm -hmm. a billion yeah, dollar lawsuit. Yeah. And so I realized that was kind of newsworthy. It was a big number. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady was, in was included. Wasn't he one of the sports I'm, influencers? He was maybe separately included. Oh, okay they're being harder on the, the finance YouTubers because mm. they're saying that these guys are positioning themselves as financial advisors, whereas sense. Tom Brady is just a celebrity. Makes sense. And who knows what will happen with that. But I saw the opportunity to talk about it. I saw the news. And so I screenshotted a couple people. I was like, Erica Kohlberg. I thought about who is the most known. I was like, yeah. meet Kevin, Andre Jick. Erica Kohlberg. And then behind me on the green screen was these pictures of these and then the article mm -hmm. and then the tweet from meet Kevin's response and then a tweet from whatever. And I just kind of took the position as a journalist yeah. and just conveyed the information. So I built that out on YouTube short. So I'm doing a couple of those a month. Mm -hmm. And then we've got kind of this workflow of clips from longer form content. 
And so, yeah, I think I've said a lot. And at the end of the day, <laughs> it's like you got to punch fear in the face, punch perfectionism in the face, a press record. Yeah. I would love for people to just start repurposing their shorts, try to create some from scratch, do as many as you can. If you have them saved up, I would upload them once a day over four days if I had four rather than four in one day. Makes sense. But you can also schedule upload really easy on YouTube. Uh, maybe you could do that elsewhere, but YouTube is notoriously great for schedule upload and mm -hmm. whatnot, which is kind of cool as well. So you could plan your week out and uh, yeah. Cool, awesome. One last question that I have for you. On Instagram specifically, they really value the social component within the algorithm. Who are you commenting on? Who are your friends commenting on? And so it, it's trying to build like this social spider web map of all your different connections. Is that as important on YouTube? And if it is, should I be being super engaged in my own comment section and responding to every comment? Should I be looking for other influencers who are maybe in my niche to engage with their posts and comment on their posts? Super common on Instagram. Does it matter as much on YouTube? I could be wrong, but I don't think that's a thing on YouTube at okay. all. Okay. On YouTube, it's click-through rate and average view duration. And okay. inside of YouTube Studio where you see your analytics, it says, I don't know how long, but it says chose to skip where it says didn't skip oh. for your YouTube short. And it says 60% didn't skip or 80% did a skip, which would be good. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, and they have not disclosed what the amount is, is a YouTube short could be three seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be seven seconds or whatever. And it also could be 60. So when is the threshold? It couldn't actually be an exact number probably because mm -hmm. if it was three seconds and the short was seven, three, you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So all that to say is click through rate and average view duration. If you could get someone to stop the scroll or they search and they see a couple options, they see a long form video, they see seven minutes answering the question, four minutes answering the question and 55 seconds answering the question. And maybe they're like, I want to go for the short version. I'm going to give this a shot. That could be a desktop experience finding mm -hmm. that. All that to say is if they click on it or they stop the scroll and if you could keep them watching to the end, that is what influences YouTube. Likes matter a little bit, comments matter a little bit, but all these other measures are infinitely less important than just time on platform. Gotcha. Can you get the person? And YouTube is actually terrible at creating a social network. It's like the forgotten social media platform. Is it even a social media platform? Exactly, yeah. We would debate about this. I asked Michael Stelzner when I spoke at Social Media Marketing World, mm -hmm. I was like, is YouTube even a social media platform? And he brought all the YouTube speakers out to dinner. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why do you think you guys are all here? And I was like, yeah, no, I know. But like, it's a legitimate question, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. do you even think YouTube's a social media platform? Because for sure it kind of is in that category, but DMs isn't a thing. They say mm -hmm. they're gonna bring it back. You don't talk to really other people unless you see them in the comments. Yeah. It's different for sure. Mm -hmm. So it's much more about that viewer experience, click-through rate and average view duration. Gotcha. Punch fear in the face, punch perfection in the face, punch the record button, punch yes. the share button in the face. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today, Sean. We really appreciate it. Brock, I appreciate you.